more Idaho Matters right now from the studios of Boise State Public Radio News. I'm Gemma Goddard. Most kids spend too much time indoors staring at screens, as a lot of parents consensus. However, you may have heard about one group of kids who have been spending a lot of time outdoors, and they've been chasing dragonflies as part of the Finding Dragons project. Now, the project was featured in the Idaho Press, and it told how high school kids and adults were studying how dragonflies are doing, as well as their history, and what they can tell us about climate change. Dick Jordan was a driving force behind this project. He spent 35 years as an environmental science teacher before he retired from Timberline High School in Boise. And he's now teamed up with the Idaho Public Television on a new way to get kids outside. It's called the My Life Outdoors Essay Contest. Dick is here to tell us more about that along with Ella Drever. She is a senior at Timberline High School and she was one of the students chasing dragonflies around Boise. Welcome to the program, both of you. So, Dick, let me start with you. You, Hi. Hey, Dick, let me begin with you. You have been involved with a lot of science projects, but can you start uh, by telling us about the Finding Dragons project and how it began? It's an interesting story, Um, and uh, it goes back to the Christopher Swain swim. Uh, You remember that. You covered the story, and... A former student of mine approached me and he says, you know, I know that you wanted to do more biological survey as part of that 100-mile journey from the headwaters of the Boise River to Mm -hmm. where it enters the Snake River. And he says, I can help you with that. We can do environmental DNA testing, uh, which is kind of like crime scene analysis. So that was the start of Finding Dragons. I suggested we partner that with iNaturally so we had the hardcore science aspect along with the observational science and and it just took off from there and so dragon uh, uh dick tell us what a blue dasher is um, a blue dasher is a dragonfly it's actually a fairly common dragonfly and it's one that we have here locally and uh it's um uh, a very good indicator of um Water quality, it's also uh, very sensitive to temperature, of course, being cold-blooded. And uh, Mm. that's the species we picked to do the entire genome for. And and Ella, my understanding is that you were the first one to catch a blue dasher? Yes, I was. And it was a lot of fun. I think I ended up catching about uh, four or five more after that. But um, I was jumping around, screaming. I remember... (laughs) Seeing Mr. Jordan, I gave him a big high five and I was, I was very excited. It was like actually holding, you know, my future in my hands. <laughs> wow. And Ella, how did you get involved with the Finding Dragons project? So Mr. Jordan does a lot of educational outreach and um, we do this thing called Outside Day, which I was actually a part of as a student before, um, I believe I was in fifth grade. And he came to our school. I'm a part of Tree Club here at Timberline and we were talking about doing Outside Day and for that particular year, we did um, all about dragonflies, learning about water quality, and I just got super interested. I was like, this is super fun. It was kind of a full circle moment just because I had participated in that before, and I said, oh, I want to be a group leader. So after that mm-hmm. went well, um, Mr. Jordan was like, I really want to do this this group. Um, we're going to you know, research genomes, and I was like, oh, this is you know my future calling, and I really, really enjoyed outside day. So I got involved and, and I got to do it with my friends because we all had that interest and it was, it was really fun. So 
Dick, how then does studying dragonflies tell us things about uh, about climate change and, and even, as, as you mentioned, if our water quality is good, like the health of a river? Yeah, you know, dragonflies are amazing because they've been around for over 300 million years, if you can imagine. And this group is widely distributed. They're very charismatic. Um, and, you know, there's only like 6,000 species which is really small in the insect world. A lot of insects have a lot more species like beetles. But what's interesting, insects being cold-blooded, they are obviously temperature sensitive. And, and what we can really do is we can literally time travel. When you unpack the DNA information, you can actually see how they've responded in the past. And so they are a wonderful indicator of what we are going to be experiencing in the future. And they spend probably over 90% of their life cycle as nymphs, as these little aquatic uh, guys that crawl around in the, in the stream beds and lakes and that kind of thing. And so, and then as adults, they come out and fly around. So what we get are indicators of water quality, of land, they are important for fish, um, and so they really are our back your backyard connection to this wealth of information that most people have no clue exists. Well, Ella, I love what you said that you were holding the future in your hands when you held uh, that that blue dasher. I mean, so what has this entire experience been like for you? Um. I, my whole future has changed. I knew that I wanted to do wildlife biology, um, but being able to actually do field work and hold the creatures in my hand and work with a team on something that was, you know, like way bigger than something I'd ever done before. I, it just set in stone that I wanted to wildlife biology. Um, so I committed that as my major for the University of Montana um, a couple months after that. And then it was just like, it was so surreal. And not only is it my future that I was holding, it was our future as a whole, because yeah. if we can process this kind of stuff and understand it better, it's going to be super beneficial for not just me, but everybody. And Dick, I know some of the results of the project have already been published. So where can people find that? Um, you know, it's interesting that the actual publications um, are in journal articles. So get this. We had a team of six students, including Ella, um, and they are actually co-authors on scientific journal articles, which is like basically unheard of to have high school students that are involved in peer-reviewed journal uh, studies. I mean, this this really is huge. So um, I can certainly provide the links to those journal Perfect. articles and, uh, you know, the general uh, the listeners could certainly follow up with that. So it's not in your typical uh, magazine or anything. Okay. And and I, in our last couple of minutes, Dick, I want to talk about this latest science project that you have. It's called My Life Outdoors. Can you tell us what it is and, and how this got started? Well, um, I'm really excited about this because I think that having worked as, as a high school teacher for 35 years, um, you know, students are amazing and they are brilliant and and they've, they've got a voice to share, but they don't get it. So I approached Bill Manning at Outdoor Idaho 
and uh, Chelsea Chambers at uh, Parks and Rec. And I said, guys, I've had this dream for quite some time. I want to start this statewide essay contest, which would allow students to share all the things they do outside um, to inspire others. So whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, rock climbing, the list goes on and on, then they have stories that can inspire other kids to get outside too. This nature deficit disorder that we're all experiencing is a real big deal. And you can't protect what you don't know. And I see this as a golden opportunity to give kids 13 to 18 a chance to tell their stories and, and get other people to do the same thing. And I put together a really ex exciting Stanley adventure. It's not about giving bling. It's about having outdoor experiences for the family. So I'm really excited about that. And Dick, there's some pretty cool prizes, right? Yes, um, they really are. I mean, you're looking at uh, two nights for, for the family of four in Stanley and rafting and uh, meals. And I'm going to, I said, I don't want a key to the city. I want to <laughs> get a walking stick to the valley. So we're working on that. And, you know, something that really gets the family connected, because it's not the kid, it's the family that they're part of that provides these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And Ella, before we uh, wrap up, you're involved in this contest as well. Um, and, and how do you think, do you think that other kids, other students will want to share their stories and, and get involved in this, in this contest? I think absolutely. I, I hear with the educational outreach that I do um, um, with Mr. Jordan, with his nonprofit Life Outdoors, I hear so many stories of these kids just so passionate about being outdoors and, you know, what, what they did that weekend. And I think that with a place to tell that story, I think that people will absolutely do that. And, mm. you know, I think they'll be excited about it as well. And before we wrap up, Dick, uh, what is the deadline for the contest? Uh, the deadline for the contest uh, goes till March 27th, and that's when we the deadlines they have to be um, received. But then you know we will announce the winners on Earth Day, April 22nd. So um, there's plenty of time, and these are only 500 word essays um, with a picture. And then the second category is a three minute video. So if you want to do the written or if you want to do the the technology, you've got those two options. Well, I love this, and I appreciate both of you coming in and talking with us today. We've been speaking with retired science teacher Dick Jordan and Timberline High School senior Ella Drever about the My Life Outdoors essay contest. We're going to put a link to the contest on our website, BoiseStatePublicRadio.org. Thank you both so much for your time today. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.